Episode 16, Learning to Be a Football Scout, Fall 1970. I've already confessed to the listeners that I never actually played a single down of football. With that in mind, think about my level of anxiety in 1970 when I was assigned to be the scout for the MHS football team. I had done extensive research into the sport. I studied the most popular formations and learned the names of unique positions in each. Since scouts were not allowed to use video cameras in those days, I had a system of abbreviations and notations all worked out. I was ready to record plays from the T formation, the I formation, and all the other common variations. My very first scouting assignment was at Macon. They were the team I was to scout, and they were playing at home. Now, you would think that Coach Coyle might have told me that the Macon coach, Hugh Dunn, was a legend in Missouri high school football and that he had been a very successful coach for decades. But since Jim was new to the North Missouri area, maybe he didn't know about Coach Dunn's reputation. Macon won the coin toss and chose to receive the ball. I was tense but ready on their first play from scrimmage. But I felt sheer panic as the team came out of the huddle and lined up in a formation I had never seen or studied before. And then the quarterback, or some back, Anyway, the guy who took the snap immediately turned his back to the line. The other players in the backfield all seemed to go in different directions. And just like that, I had no idea which one had the ball. Now, if you're a fan of the history of football, you know what was happening. But back then... No one had warned me that Hugh Dunn's team ran the single wing. I didn't know the names of the positions. I had no abbreviations that fit the plays. I was lost. If you're not a football fan, let me just summarize by saying that the fundamental goal of a single-wing offense is misdirection. Fake handoffs, laterals, multiple men carrying the ball, all were intended to fool the defense. It seemed to work. I usually didn't even know which player had the ball until he was tackled by the defense. The scouting report was undoubtedly one of the worst in the history of high school football. I would likely have been fired as the team scout, 
except that there was no one else who was willing to take the job. Well, I guess I got better at the job as time went along. I was a team scout for 12 years for three different coaches. Most of the time when I scouted, nothing very exciting happened. I did get stuck in a parking lot in Albia, Iowa. I got lost in Independence looking for St. Mary's School. My daughter threw up in the car on the way to Stockton, Missouri, and I once convinced a gullible neighbor that I was going to scout in Bowling Green, Kentucky. She apparently did not know that there was a Bowling Green, Missouri. Without question, the most exciting season was 1979. Bruce Young's team went to the Show Me Bowl that year, losing to Plattsburgh 12-7. Bruce was kind enough to take me along with the team, although scouting was my only connection to the team. Actually, I think they needed someone to drive the equipment bus. I followed the chartered bus to St. Louis in the same yellow school bus that I drove to school golf meets. But I did get to go with the team to the banquet the night before the game, got to hear a speech by my childhood idol, Bud Wilkinson, and got to go down on the field for the team practice that was allowed the day before the game. And I got to sit in the press box at Bush Stadium and wear a set of telephone headphones connected to the team bench. And I did have the best seat in the house to address a controversy that continued for years among Marceline football fans. Sadly, my view of the play agreed with that of the officials. I do not believe that Kevin Smith crossed the goal line with the ball. Now, you may think that learning how to chart plays was all you needed to know to be a good scout in the 1970s, but there were many more subtle skills that were essential to being a good scout and to getting home safe and sound. One was knowing where to park your car. I made a rookie mistake one year at Slater. I parked on a street outside the south end of their stadium. My thought was that I would avoid the traffic after the game and get away quickly. But what I didn't know was that the rowdiest young men of the community never entered the stadium to watch the game. They congregated along their cars on the street, the street where I had parked. I can't confirm that alcohol was consumed by these young men during the game, 
but I can say with certainty that they recognized that I was out of place as I walked to my car during the final seconds of the game. The names they called me and the things they threatened to do to me would quicken the step of any 135-pound man, no matter how brave. Another essential skill was knowing where to sit. I never sat with the home fans. Even if it was the other team that I was scouting, I avoided the local supporters. In fact, I tried to avoid sitting among any fans. If I could find the section of the bleachers, no matter how high it was, that was unoccupied, I went there. That's because fans tend to get excited, and when they do, they stand up. So if I was trying to see the play and write on my clipboard... I couldn't do either if someone was standing in front of me. Another reason for sitting alone was to avoid the chatty fan, the one who tried to help me or correct me or ask me if I knew if a story about Cotton Cavanaugh was true. These people could ruin my concentration which would lead to mistakes and omissions. It was also important to be aware of the weather. After I got married, and before Betty and I started a family, she would usually go with me on scouting trips. She cheerfully accepted the job of holding an umbrella over my clipboard. But if she wasn't with me, my backup plan was to use a handheld tape recorder to record plays and to transfer the information to paper when I got home. My career as a scout ended in 1983 when I became the Marceline Athletic Director. I was flattered that Jose Quintero tried to keep me as the scout, tried to make it a condition of his accepting the head coaching job, but there were too many duties at home football games to allow an AD to be absent. So my clipboard was retired. Somewhere in my school stuff, I have a map of Missouri with every city where I scouted highlighted. I had to add Iowa in the margin, but not Kentucky.